Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Imagine a life filled with happiness and purpose where you are connected with the divine and perfect aspect of yourself, protected and guided by a loving, angelic presence. Deep inside, you feel creative, passionate, and joyful. And all of that is reflected into every moment of your daily life. Wouldn't that be great? Well, it is indeed possible. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a reconnective healing practitioner and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. My guest is Alea Deo. She is the author of Seven Cups of Consciousness. She opened the first alternative health care clinic in Telluride, Colorado, and has built an international healing practice with her online subscribers and students. And she offers energetic exercises for each of the seven cups, including a downloadable audio meditation that are designed to empower the reader to directly experience their spiritual concepts. So hello, Alea. Thank you so very much for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am being great, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Wow, this is this is we're getting started a little late, everyone, because there was some major difficulties with with technology this evening, and Mercury is not retrograde anymore. So I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> we might still be in the shadow. Yeah, I think so. But we're going to skip all of the commercials that we normally do. So actually, we're right on time right now. <laughs> Beautiful. So let's start with a bit about you, Alea. How did you actually come to do this work? It actually started off at a very young age. I was intrigued by healing and angels and other dimensions. And at the age of 20, while going to college at Lewis and Clark in Portland, Oregon, I actually went on and got my degree in massage therapy. And that just wet my palate and then went on and got my master's in oriental medicine and was in private practice and then had an enlightenment experience in 2001 and got x-ray glasses and was able to perceive other dimensions and hear guides, feel people's feelings at a much deeper level than before. And so it really, I mean, it started a very long time ago, you know, at a very young age, but um, it just continues to deepen and evolve and shift and change and blow my mind. <laughs> well, that's great, and that's exactly what the the process of enlightenment and awakening does do for everybody who's working on their spiritual path, and hopefully everyone is. But you know, some people work on it a little bit differently than others. How did you develop the actually the, the seven cups of consciousness? It's an interesting concept. How did you come up with that? It actually started right after that enlightenment experience, having high levels of sensitivity and awareness and being able to maintain a certain level of sanity while navigating the physical dimension and being aware of these other dimensional experiences. And so over the course of three to five years, I didn't re- I mean I didn't really realize that I was creating these cups but I was coming up with formulas to navigate the world move into greater degrees of empowerment manifest what I wanted to manifest and after about 5 years of using these principles and concepts um I was actually getting on a plane and my partner said to me Alea what are the ideas or principles or concepts that you use to transform your life and the life of your clients and literally in one or two minutes sitting on a plane I jotted these three sentences down and then essentially spent the the next 10 years unpacking these seven sentences, these seven concepts, 
putting formulas, protocols, exercises, meditations for each one of these concepts so that people can literally embody them inside themselves in their own unique way and use them to change their own lives the way that I did. Wow. So you, it took 10 years to, to actually put it all together and to write the book, or did you get everything down first and then just put the book together after that? I would say in 2003, I wrote down the seven sentences, and I had already been practicing with them a bit and then started teaching the work in 2004, 2005, and essentially just played with it, experimented with it, shared it with my clients, watched what happened when we basically used it in the field, so to speak, and then in 2014 wrote the book. So it's been a long time coming. And then in 2009, I actually started recording meditations that all focus around these seven cups of consciousness. And so we've got 2,000 meditations backing up the seven cups of consciousness. So it's, it's been a long process, but a beautiful one. Yeah, and that's crazy. 2,000 meditations. That's a whole lot of meditating going on. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and they're short. It's like seven-minute protocols, you know, little exercises for your energy self. Um, but it's uh, it's been a really great educational experience to dive into these concepts and um, really unpack them at a very deep level. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say so. 14,000 meditations. I mean, 14,000, uh, you know, minutes of meditation. That's that's a lot. <laughs> it is. <laughs> One a day. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a lot of days worth, you know. Um, that's kind of crazy. Up. Yeah, it does. You know, so almost a year is like 233 days or something worth. That's like crazy. Now let's talk about the seven cups of consciousness and what they are exactly. I understand that each one comes with an energetic exercise, or as you like to refer to it, as protocols. And, you know, it's very interesting. So do you want to go through those? Yeah. So the very first cup talks about the idea that we live in a multidimensional reality. The physical dimension is just one floor on the building. And we have an energy self, and we can use that energy self to tap into resources on higher floors or other dimensions or realms. The second cup talks about the idea that you're never alone. You have guides and angels around you and a team. As children, we may have had imaginary friends. And so as we grow up, we want to keep connecting with those imaginary friends and having them help us in a higher realm. The third cup talks about the idea that you can change your inner world, and when you shift your inner world, your outer world changes. And we talk about how to shift your inner world using your energy self. The fourth cup is use your challenges to grow. Every single challenge is an opportunity for growth and evolution, and the only variable is are we going to milk it and take the opportunity, or are we just going to create another challenge that can help us grow? and they just keep getting bigger and bigger until we finally swallow that bullet and uh, flip it into the solution of what we're intending. The fifth cup talks about how your body is a nature spirit. You are riding in your body kind of like a horse or driving a car. And when you recognize your own unique consciousness that you are holding in your body, that is separate from your body, you then have the ability to recognize your body's consciousness and your body then starts to grow, awake, and evolve and move into a healthier, more empowered way of being. The sixth cup talks about how your soul has wisdom and inner gifts that you have cultivated over many, many lifetimes or just in this lifetime depending on your belief system of incarnations. 
And so when you use your gifts, wisdom, and mastery on yourself, your life starts to become really beautiful, supported, and protected. And then the seventh cup, my favorite, you're perfect. There is a river of light that flows within you. And when you use your inhale, your intent, and imagination to pull yourself into this inner river, I call it the divine line, you start to feel more connected, safer, more supported, and perfect in your core. You know, in the the meditations that go along with each of these, as you said, they're only about seven minutes each, and that's really not a long time, you know, for anyone to take during the day. I mean, when I'm working with people, my patients come in and we're talking about meditation, I'll say to them, do you meditate? And most of them say no. (laughs) And I say, you know, you really, you need to find the time to do that. Even just the seven minutes a day would be most helpful. And it's funny because it does become addictive. Once you start to do that, you like it and you want to do more. So I can see why you'd have 2,000 different meditations. You know, one could go through those and rather quickly because you can actually get kind of hooked on it. How do you explain to people how to use the, the seven cups of consciousness? Well, I think that it's really more a formula for shifting your life. So if you want to feel more peaceful and calm, the very first thing we have to recognize is that We're not going to use the physical dimension to change the physical dimension. We're going to use a higher dimension, a different floor. I think of the physical dimension as literally the surface reflection on the mirror. And so when we start connecting with what I call the higher self, your energy self, and you start asking this energetic aspect of you to begin cultivating greater peace or calm or clarity, then what we start to experience in the physical plane is the reflection of that energy that is being held in a higher realm. And so when we use the cups, we can actually use all of these concepts of there's this other dimension. I can get this other dimensional part of me to hold a different energy. And then we can even have our guides and our angels hold very particular qualities and vibrations inside themselves. That embodies the second cup. And then we're automatically linking into the third cup about taking personal responsibility for changing our inner world. Or we're using the challenge of feeling anxiety to realize, oh, I want to cultivate greater calm. And then we get our body to do it, and then we're holding our gift, and then we feel that divine perfection within. So all of these seven concepts actually play into each other and with each other in a really beautiful, elaborate, but yet simple way. And you explain it very well in the book, too, so that people can go through the process. And, you know, it it may sound like there's a lot to do, but... As with anything, once you learn it and and you you can just go through it very quickly. It's just very Absolutely. quickly one through seven. You know, I mean, it's as I was reading it, I, I do things differently, and and I thought, oh yeah, okay, this is something that you can just go boom, 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 boom. You know, and you've got it all done. So it it does take a little bit of practice to probably get started, but I don't think it would take anyone that long to really fall into the pattern or the routine of of doing this. Right, and you can also, absolutely, and you can extract the little pieces that work for you, like there's a very simple exercise of closing our eyes and taking a deep breath in, and when we inhale, we can literally pull our energy and awareness into this inner river of light that flows on the front of the spine. And just doing that one piece is going to move you into a deeper level of connection and calm. Sure. I mean, anytime you, you know, sometimes when people are in the midst of angst, you I mean, oftentimes I'll hear another person say, just take a deep breath, 
take a deep breath. That's really all you need to do to calm down. It's really all you need to do. And it's so easy, but people forget to do that because in that stress, you're on that vicious, you know, wheel, and you're just running and going nowhere, and you can't even think to breathe, which is horrible because that's what you need to do to stay alive. But if you take a good deep breath and a few of them, it really sets the tone. And then with that, you can start going through the different steps or, or cups and getting there. And it will yes, become getting a map to you. Absolutely. And then if we take it to an even more conscious level of like, okay, so we're not using the mind to change how we're feeling. We're using our higher self. And so if I take a deep breath in, and as I'm taking this deep breath in, I'm asking my higher self to activate a vibration of calm, then that amplifies that calming effect. And so we get a little more conscious of the work that we're doing in these other dimensions that can positively impact us. And it is consciousness here, and we talk about this a lot. I mean, the show is energy awareness, and I keep telling people it's all about being aware. The more aware you are, the more you become aware. That's so important to remember because, if, yeah, if you're not aware, you're not going to get any of it. You have to make no. a practice of awareness. Totally. And that actually talks about the fourth cup. The only thing that we can change are the things that we're aware of. If right. we're not aware of something, we can't change it. Right. Yeah. How can you do that? You absolutely cannot do that. It doesn't even make sense to try. It, you know, you can't solve any issues or anything because you don't know. You're not seeing it. And sometimes I right. think we don't see things because we're not ready to see them. Very, very true. And I've actually worked with, you know, a lot of clients over the years, over the last 20 years, and I might point something out of like, oh, so how do you feel when this happens? And they're like, no, I don't I don't feel that way. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then eventually they start to become aware of the of the behavior or the attitude or the belief system, and then they're able to change it. And so I think the more we become aware of the light that flows within us by taking that inhale and connecting with that divine part of us, then the more aware we become of the vibrations, behaviors, belief systems that we're holding that are not in alignment with our essence. And then we're able to let them go and come into a more authentic, connected way of being. And then you're just in free flow. Yep, you are. And you're moving from that really anchored, connected place. You're in greater integrity. You're more authentic. You are more secure. You're not afraid of rejection because you're not rejecting that divine part of you. And and life is easier. I mean, that's probably the most important thing that the listeners need to hear. Like, this really works. Life is easier. Because if you're doing what you're supposed to do, everything's just going along the way that it should. When you're not, forget it. Nothing's going right. That's when you know yeah, something, something's totally, totally out of alignment. Totally. Suffering and struggle kick in as soon as we take our awareness out of this inner river of light. And then the other piece that triggers the suffering from my perspective is when we ask the outer energies, our relationships, our body, our finances, to help us grow and evolve. And so if I as a soul riding in the body take full responsibility for my growth and evolution, and I'm going to use my higher self and my energy fields to cultivate very particular qualities every single day, just once a day, like, oh, I want to hold a greater compassion or patience, then I actually don't have to use the outer world to trigger me to do that inner change. And then the suffering really starts to recede. And that's really what we're all trying to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But we have, to, we have to swallow that nugget of I am going to be personally responsible for my growth and evolution. I'm not going to ask anything external to do it for me. Well, yeah, you can't. You know, And once I right. think people get that, 
then they start working on themselves and looking at themselves a little bit differently. That alone shifts the perspective so that they can Mm -hmm. tackle what they need to in order to uh, just come to a better place and have a life that's full of peace and, and calm. And, you know, that's not to say there aren't going to be challenges. There are. But you get through them so much better because you're in a place where you can deal with it from the right perspective without getting as stressed as you would if, you know, you weren't in that place of awareness. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And also knowing how, you know, having a formula or steps to follow that help you through it in a really efficient, graceful way um, with a conscious awareness as opposed to, you know, thrashing. And for me, I'm a little bit of an energetic prima donna. I don't like feeling badly for longer than a minute or two minutes. And so I really forced myself to figure out a formula that would shift all aspects of me, my body, and the energy around me that I call my team um, into greater coherence so that I'm not in that place of anxiety or suffering or struggle or fear. Yes, and you do talk about working with your team, body diva, and your higher self. And oh, there was something else that you just said. I lost it for my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, but just so that we're all on the same page. Oh, I know, the divine line. Just so that the listeners understand, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so I kind of think of... Um, You know, with Christianity, they talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Sacred Mm -hmm. Trinity. And from my perspective, or the way I've reframed it in a way that works for me, is I call that our higher self, our body, David's higher self, and our team. So we've got the soul, we have the body, and we have the team, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. I just put different names to it, but it's the same thing. And so when we get all three of those energies, you, the soul rider, your body, and your team, it's an energy consciousness that that encircles you in another dimension, all holding very particular vibrations, then manifestation occurs. Then we feel that big shift in our belief systems, our consciousness, our behaviors. And so when we're using our higher self, the first thing we have to do is pull ourselves into the divine line, which is that river of light that flows up and down the front of the spine. It's just like a tube. And so when you hold your awareness in that divine line, you are essentially getting online and now have the ability to make the request for your higher self, energy self, your body, Davis, higher self, your team, to begin shifting their energy. But if we're not online, not in our divine line, then the requests are not as effective. Does that answer that question? It does, and it makes sense because I'm trying to think of an analogy, and it would be like I have a PC that's plugged into the wall, but I'm not on the Internet until I plug in. Exactly. So it's the same type of thing. Yeah, you have to really plug into it. And the easiest way to do it is through meditation, you know, but that scares people sometimes. Or with an inhale. Mm-hmm. And inhale in your imagination. Just pull yourself into your inner river and say, hey, higher self, activate the vibration of peace or connection or empowerment, self-confidence. And then you sit like a bump on a log and you let some energetic part of you do the work. No heavy lifting at the mind level. Right. Let it go. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. let it go and it will and come to you. Yeah, and that's the tricky part because so often, you know, especially in our culture, we are programmed to use our mind to try to figure out everything. But oh, yeah. the whole ang- my whole approach is, uh-uh, don't use your mind. Use your mind like the computer screen and your mouse. Use your higher self like your hard drive. Use your mind to double-click on your hard drive to a- open different applications. But don't try to get your mind to do it. Right, and sometimes really people... Slow. People get confused and they say it's a higher self, so it's in your head. It's like, no, actually, it's in your heart. 
You know, you um, use your head, yeah. like you said, for the speaking, the hearing, the tasting, the seeing, and all of that. But go with your gut because that's when you know you're right. That's when your higher self is speaking to you. When you get that gut feeling and you're told to do something, follow it and do it because it's going to be right. right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so the meditations all coincide with your book. And, and now the protocols and the reference points. Let's talk about those. So the protocols, actually, there's a protocol for every single cup or anything that you want to shift. I kind of think of like a protocol, like a prayer. And there are actually seven steps to every protocol or prayer. And each one of those steps um, coincides with a concept. So we we acknowledge that there's another dimensional aspect of ourselves, our higher selves. We call in the guides, the angels, to encircle us. That would be the second cup and the second part of a protocol. And so as you go through these steps, you're actually walking your energy self through a process And then there is the moment where you make your request and you sit and you wait and then you start to feel what I call the reflection or the ripple of that shift happening in a higher realm down into the physical realm. You feel at an emotional level, your thoughts will change, your behavior changes, the body might even shift its energy. The pain might go away in the body, and that know, that's when we know that it's happened up high, and then we update what I call our reference points. Our reference points are sort of like the fuel gauge. You tap your fuel gauge and go, okay, I'm full again. I'm not running on empty. And so when whenever we do a protocol, we always want to update our reference points and how we perceive ourselves and others perceive us so that we can now operate from this new level. So that's essentially an overview of the protocol, yeah. But how does one update their reference points? You simply ask. You ask your higher self to update all of your reference points and all ways in which you perceive for this higher vibrational way of being. Then again, you wait, you let your higher self update it, and then you perceive from that new place. It's sort of like cleaning your window off and going, okay, now where am I and how do I see my reality holding this different vibration? Hmm. Okay. Now, yeah, have you ever like moved your garbage can at your desk and your body keeps going to put the trash on the wrong side because your trash yeah. can moved? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would essentially say, body, update your reference points that the trash can's no longer there. It's on the other side. Right. And then as soon as we, right. we anchor that in at an energetic level, we have sort of like the new roadmap and we go off the new roadmap instead of the old one. Right. I mean, I, I I forget what it was that I moved in the house, and I kept going. Oh, I know that we got a new refrigerator, and it was a French door instead of a big door. And I kept going to the right, and I'm like, okay, you have to stop doing this. This is a French door refrigerator now. Just get used to it. And that's how I deal with it. <laughs> and then after uh-huh. that, I was opening the door properly. But you do. You have to, uh, yeah, everything has to be updated in, in that way so that we follow the new way of being, if you will. Right. You know? Right. Um, now, you also spoke about... Riding right in your body. What do you mean by that? How do we do that? Yeah, that actually talks about the fifth concept about your body div as a nature spirit. And you are a river of light, a divine line, beam of light, riding in the form. And I'll I'll illustrate this through a story. A couple of years ago, I was working with a six-year-old. And she came in, and she was starting to have some body issues, and she was feeling really uncomfortable in her own skin. And she's like, Leia, help me. And so I put my hands on her feet, and I kind of scanned to see what she, what was going on with her at an energetic level. And she literally started to kind of smear herself all over her body. And I walked her higher self through the process of actually pulling all of her energy 
into her divine line front of spine saddle. And as soon as her higher self or energy fields pulled all of her soul essence energy onto the front of her spine and got snuggled up on the front of her spine, she opened her eyes and she said, Alea, I'm free again. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it's when we as souls are riding in the saddle, which is the front of the spine, instead of trying to micromanage, control, smear ourselves into the back seat or on the butt of the horse. It's like ride right where you've got that channel where the body has so graciously held a container for you to be. And then the body starts controlling itself and healing itself, supporting itself to a much greater degree because it has the space. And so it's all about you recognizing your own unique consciousness that is a beam of light riding on the front of the spine and then riding right there. It's self-calibration. When yeah. It's funny because when people, I don't know, when they're out of sorts, I guess is a good way to put it, when they're completely out of sorts, they just can't, you know, we're, we're taught that. They just can't get back to the way they were when they were born. I and mean, when you're born, you've got it all together. But then we get fed all this other information, and we believe it. <laughs> and then we, and then later on, we say, "Wait, I have to go back to the way it was, you know, before." Because we all know inherently what we're supposed to be doing. But with all of the junk that's thrown at us, and I think you speak a little bit about that too in the book, if I remember correctly. The uh, the you know, if there's the baggage that we carry that is not our own. You know, absolutely. Yeah, that's the seventh cup. And when we start really just owning our own stuff, our own issues, our own karma, and not trying to fix other people or be responsible for other people or be attached to other people's journeys, um, life gets so much easier. And I actually had an experience um, and a meditation of being shown that 70 to 80 percent of the issues that we carry are not ours. And we can only shift our own stuff. We can't shift anybody else's. Now, we have information, energetic information for people, but we don't want to be attached or responsible for changing anything other than our own. Now, okay, you're being shown information. Is this from your higher self, or do you feel you're being channeled from a greater source? No, that was more in meditation, and then I actually had a very specific experience of what it felt like to carry somebody else's issue and try to fix it for them, and Mm. it so didn't work. I mean, it was like, oh, (laughs) no matter how many tools I used on it, it it didn't shift. And so it was a very palpable experience of going, oh, you know what, we can only work on our own pieces, the things that we really want to cultivate inside ourselves as souls, and I can't change another person and so when we realize that the only thing that we're responsible for is the vibration we do carry in our divine line and we start holding that our co- our energy fields become way more coherent way more balanced and then we actually have a really beautiful positive impact in the world but not because it's the desire to change other people's energies which actually is really disempowering so yeah. that actually took me took me three years to figure out the whole formula of empathic sensitivity and only being responsible for our own journey, no one else's. Yeah, you cannot, yeah, we're not responsible for anyone's journey, and you cannot change anyone. I don't know how many couples I talk to and tell them, you can't change each other. But as right. you change, the other person automatically will because they shift yeah. because they're coming up to meet your energy. So if you both work yeah. on it, you're going to be working together even if you don't feel that you are. You will Absolutely. be, even if you don't see things in the other person, it will happen because 
you will draw to you the people that you need that are now in this new vibration in your partner, whoever that is, in relationships. Some will go away. New people will come in. But that person will probably change, and they won't even realize they're changing. They just do it, but you cannot change anyone. You absolutely can't. And I think once people get that concept, because, you know, there's a lot of young people that get married and think, well, I'll change them. No, you won't. Don't marry them thinking you're going to change them. It's not going to happen, (laughs) you know? Right. (laughs) The recipe for disaster. (laughs) It seriously is. It's the stupidest thing I hear, and I think, oh, my goodness, here we go again. You know, you can't change anyone, but you can take care of you. And if everybody just minded their own, you know, energy fields and took care of themselves, this world would be a whole lot better off because that's what everybody would be doing, and everybody would get along. But, you know, Totally. Yeah, it's hard to but put it's that a process. It's, yeah, it's a process, yeah. and I and I think too that you know in the beginning we are codependent, and then that's not sustainable, and we slowly shift into co-creative where we're only responsible for ourselves, creating that strong coherent field, modeling it to others. If they get it, they get it. If they don't, they don't. At least we're not disempowering them by being attached. And there's this little thing that I say that raises eyebrows of you know I'm not attached or desiring for anyone else's happiness peace, integrity, kindness, self-love, just my own. Um, Because when we're holding that stance, then we have this really beautiful impact. But in the beginning, before we can even get there, is we want it for other people. We're projecting what we want for ourselves out onto others. So if you do want something for somebody, just look at it as an indicator and go, oh, wait, I would never dream of wanting that for them. I want that for me. And then we start using our energy, our creativity to create that for our own selves. And then the world starts to change in a really beautiful way. And I do think that's where we're headed. It's just going to take a while. Absolutely. And it is, I mean, we're all connected absolutely through energy. That's Mm -hmm. been scientifically proven over and over again, that our energy fields are connected, great impacts on one, one another. And if you raise your energy, it's going to raise other people's energy. So what you wish for you is wished for everyone else. Yep. So your intentions Absolutely. that you set for yourself are intentions that are set for everyone else. That's why group energy is so strong. When when you have a group of people setting intentions, the energy is so strong, even though all the intentions might be different. It just is visceral. You can literally feel it running through your body when you're doing group intentions. It's a fascinating thing, and people don't believe it until they've experienced it, which I think is great, you know. One of the other things that people will often say is, you know, when they're feeling bad or, you know, I feel like all this negativity is coming at me. Why is this happening to me? It doesn't happen to you. You're doing it to yourself. (laughs) No one wants to hear that, you know. But it is funny because I'll tell people, listen, if you're feeling around people that there's something dark, negative, dense, gross energy that you want to get rid of, it's never you. It's always right. somebody else's baggage because you are, we are love. We're made of love. We're from the source of love, and we are light. Therefore, we have no negativity unless we create it within our own selves. If you're around a group of people, just walk away from that group of people, and you're going to feel better because it's not yeah. you. It's never about right. you. If it's coming at you, you're just taking it in. So the first thing you need to learn is how to not do that. And people will tell me, they'll say, I don't understand how you can go from, you know, one person to the next and listen to them 100% and then go to the next person. Don't you take this home? No, I don't. It's really none of my business. Right. You know, I, I right. work on you and I work on you and then you go away and I have other things to do and I have me to take care of. And if I don't take care of me, it's that, and I think you wrote this in your book too, it's the oxygen max 
necessary. If you don't put that uh-huh. mask on you first, you can't help anybody else. So you can't okay. take on everybody else's stuff. And that's not just because I'm an energy therapist or you're an energy therapist. It's because we as people, all of us, it doesn't matter who you are, need to practice that. Don't take on yeah. everybody's stuff. Yeah, I think of it as integrity. Yeah. And um, years ago, my guides actually said to me, Alea, you're a little kleptomaniac. And that stopped me <laughs> dead in my tracks. And I was like, what? And yeah. they're like, look how you're trying to be the savior or the healer and fix people's stuff and take their stuff. And you're stealing from them. And as soon as I heard that one-liner coming from the angelic realm, I immediately went, whoa. First of all, I want to be in the highest level of integrity all the time. Never disempower another soul because I don't like that when that happens to me from another person, right? Somebody being attached and responsible for my journey. And so as soon as I looked at it from that perspective and also realized that that soul is creating the situation to master something. Now, they're doing the opposite of what they want to master, but they have to collect enough self-hatred nuggets or victim nuggets or torture nuggets to eventually flip into the solution of what they are determined to embody. And so as soon as I got that, then I was able to actually hold compassion, a really safe, loving space for them to do whatever they need to be doing. And then I get to model the solution to them, send them information, but not be attached to their journey because that, that's theirs. They get to be attached right. to their own journey. Right. Yeah. And they have to learn so, from it. We can't. We can't. Totally. Yeah, we can't like, fix everything. When people come in and say, oh, heal this or do that, I'm like, look, I've never healed anyone in my life. I never will, and no one on the planet does. No one right. heals anyone. It's just not the way it is. Do not refer to me that way. Don't come in and say, fix this. You fix it. Mm-hmm. I'm the conduit for energy flow, but you're going to fix it. <laughs> I love it. it. And finally, love it. When they get it, you know, and they're like, oh, okay, you know, and it, it, you just, uh, but they have things, they'll say, why, why didn't you fix this? Well, because I don't fix anything, number one. Number two, you have something to learn that you're not getting. You're setting up patterns that you have probably childhood or whatever, and you keep getting the same thing over and over and over again. You need to look at that. So let's now look at that and see where that's coming from because it could be a past life thing. It could be just something that happened in childhood. And it's amazing to see how people, when when just in the shifting of that perspective, saying a few things, already you can see the aha moment and the healing is beginning. Yeah, and they take personal responsibility. Yeah. And then and then with that personal responsibility, then they move into power, and then they start using their gifts, their tools, wisdom, and mastery to shift themselves. I have to say, though, most people want just a magic pill. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's so true. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the, that's the zone of suffering. Right, yeah. because if we, if exactly. um, so, as soon when when we recognize we just want the magic pill, that's the indicator we're not going to take personal responsibility for our growth and evolution. Mm-hmm. We're not going to milk every single challenge for all that it's worth. And as soon as we flip, well, as soon as we've collected enough suffering nuggets, eventually, then we get to the place where we're like, you know what? No one else is going to do this for me. I have to do it for myself, and I'm going to milk this puppy for all it's worth, because every single one of those moments challenge discord is an enlightenment opportunity. Mm-hmm. And when we start looking at all of our challenges as an enlightenment opportunity, that's when the playing field really changes. Yes. But you have to get there because so many people are yes. not in that place of acceptance for that. And yet, right. no matter how many different ways it can be explained to them, you know, sometimes we're just the person who is the connecting piece. And then they meet somebody, say, in the grocery store, who says two lines to them, and they'll come back in mm-hmm. and say, 
tea. You know what? And they'll tell me, and I'll just smile and shake my head, and they'll say, oh, you've been telling me this. And I'll say, yes, but you weren't ready to hear it. You needed to right. hear it from somebody else, so it's okay. You know, it's like or you had to hear it, hear it yeah, you had to hear 232 way. times. 232 right. times, and then we get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you weren't ready. You just weren't ready to hear it. It's like a, a, when a mother tells a child something and then the child hears it from someone else and says it must be true because you told me because what does mom know? <laughs> right, know, right. Mom. Absolutely. It's, it's very similar to that. It's kind of funny. Um, uh-huh. And in, uh, in my book, I... In my book, I actually talk a little bit about that. Like, we um, have very particular belief systems, behaviors, yes. challenges yes. at different points in our evolution. I kind of think of enlightenment as a 33,000-foot mountain. And when we're at 5,000 feet or 8,000 feet, we are engaging in particular terrain and we're wearing sneakers. And then when we move to 12,000 feet or 15,000 feet, we have a different attitude, different consciousness, belief systems, and we're on hiking boots. And so when someone isn't ready to shift, they're still in a terrain where sneakers are absolutely perfect and fear is the perfect mechanism for their growth and evolution. And so the more that we can hold that place of safety and compassion and love and almost encouraging them to be in the terrain that they're in, then they ascend. Right. But if if we judge it or say, oh, they're not ready. It's more like, no, you got to go collect more nuggets of whatever it is you're engaged in, and that will propel you, and then you'll be able to get to a terrain where there is less suffering if that's where you truly want to go. Right, and they have to really want to go there because so many people just say, no, I can't take anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to do what you're, you're suggesting because it's not going to right. help. And then finally... Finally, 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 when they do get it, they realize how quickly they could have gotten over it, but they just weren't ready. And then that's when that awareness comes in and they realize, oh, you can do this on your own. I think that your book is very helpful in that way that people can look at it and realize, okay, I can take take an issue at a time and go yeah. through you know, the daily cups of consciousness meditations, go through the seven steps and seven cups and, and just do that with one situation. It might take a little bit of time, but you'll see the result. And then you'll be doing it for other situations, and then you can do multiple ones. I wouldn't say go and do ten in one day because you might not be able to no. do that. You know? Yeah, one but, at a time. And, yeah. And, and I have I have had the experience where somebody's like, "Oh my God, I have the formula for fixing all of my stuff," and so they essentially take everything out of the door, the drawers, put oh. it on the floor, and then their life is a little bit of a mess for a few months. I recommend going one piece at a time, gentle and slow. Yes, the formula works, but Gentle and slow is a lot easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what people want. And your book will take people through the process that way. So it's really wonderful in that it gives them the guidance that they need, plus the meditations. You know, And that's something that if you think you can't meditate, really you do have seven minutes to do it because just get off of the phone seven minutes earlier or do, do it in the shower. You know, I mean, take yeah. the seven minutes. You can meditate doing anything. You can meditate while you're folding laundry. You can meditate while you're washing dishes or rinsing dishes for the dishwasher or cleaning out the dishwasher, whatever it is. That's a time to just be in that moment and start to meditate. It's all part of meditation. So they can, you know, if you can do that, that would be the probably the first step, I would think, to, um, to actually starting the whole program. Absolutely. And you, you don't even have to take seven minutes. You could literally take 30 seconds or five mm-hmm. inhales a day. And you say, team, huddle, everybody hold a vibration of connection. And then you close your eyes and you take a deep breath in and you imagine pulling yourself into an inner river of light flows on the front of your spine. That's it. 
That takes like 10, 20, 30 seconds. Do that every day or every other day for a few months, and then you might be ready for the next step. And um, the other piece about the divine line and using your inhale to pull yourself in it is think about being at the bottom of the ocean with your it, there's a regulator it goes in your mouth it's what scuba divers use and you've got your oxygen tank on the on your back mm-hmm. how far away are you going to go from your scuba tank and your regulator when you're at the bottom of the ocean <laughs> like half a foot <laughs> you you die and so the more we recognize that our divine line is our oxygen tank regulator it is our lifeline we're not going to wander very far from it not for very long no, not for very long at all. First of all, I wouldn't be in the bottom of the ocean, but that's another story. <laughs> physical Don't like dimension being is there. Like the, well, the physical dimension is like being at the bottom of the ocean. Yes, exactly. You know, then and like you. Don't Density. like being there, not at all. Oh, you are starting a book circle on October twenty second. Why don't you tell us about that? I am. You're so great to remind me. So anybody that purchases the book gets access to the book circle. And we're starting it um, October 22nd, and it's going to happen every two three to three weeks we're going to do eight of them and in each book circle that's going to be online and over the phone and recorded i'm going to be answering people's questions going deeper into the concepts sharing more stories about these concepts and we'll basically take the book circle the first one will focus on the first cup the second one will focus on the second cup and so on and um, then anybody that does access the material online you actually have to enter in your email address and that automatically creates an account on my website and then all of the archived sessions from the book circle will be in your library so it's um it's a really great way to dive deeper into the concepts and with the book there is an online link where people have access to actually 14 meditations i know it says 12 on the cover but i added a couple extra and i also have images of all of the terms that i'm talking about a YouTube about how to surf the waves of emotion and stories of people that have been using the seven cups for almost a decade and how it's changed their lives. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful program. Yeah. People go and go ahead and go into that and check it out. You also have, I think, I hope, correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand that listeners may sign up for a free week of the daily cups of consciousness meditations. Is that correct? Absolutely. I would love to gift that to anybody that's listening to your show, a free week of the Daily Cups. And it's basically seven sample cups um, that gives you information about how to connect with your divine line, your higher self, create more abundance. I'm also a sound healer, and I have five albums of music that I've created, and there's one of the cups in that trial week of music that helps you just balance and calm. And um, then after the free week, you know, people can subscribe if they want to, and people can also go to cupsofconsciousness.com and get a free sample tall cups, which is a 45-minute energy balancing session. Wow, that is great. And your website is aleadeo.com, is that correct? A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O? Yes, there's two, aleadeo.com. And then to get a free week, you can go to aleadeo or Cups of Consciousness. Both of them give it to you. 
Okay, I didn't get the cups of consciousness that didn't come across on anything I received that I could see. <laughs> it's all right. We'll add that in. <laughs> well, adding it in now. Yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we're almost out of time. Uh, you know, and it, it, this has been so um, informative. I think that a lot of people will benefit from this because it is, it's not just easy. It's also simple. And people need simple right now. There's too much stress with all of the social media and all of the technology. Uh, you know, I'm not a part of that, really. And, you know, I just, that's the first thing I ask people is, how much do you use technology today? Because that's your first problem. I know it. <laughs> right. I know right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a it's a challenge, and I think that a lot of people don't spend much time in stillness and quiet anymore, and then they don't watch their thoughts, their emotions, and then they don't know what's going on in their energy field. So the more we're in that place of quiet, stillness, and calm, the more aware we can actually become. Right, and the better off that you will be, your whole life will start to straighten out more. You will find things come to you that you want. You'll start manifesting things that you desire that are good instead of constantly saying, why is this happening to me? You'll be like, hey, look at what's happening to me. Big, big difference. Yeah. So your book is great in that way in that it's very easy to do and simple. So you, there's no excuse. Buy the book, No. read it, and do it. <laughs> Very simple. (laughs) (laughs) But Alea, thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. We very much appreciate you holding on at the beginning when we had the issues with the the technical stuff, which we still are having with the chat room, by the way. Um, That's been a challenge. So, uh, you know, but we got through, and I thank you so much for taking the time. Very much appreciate it. If you can hold on just for a couple of minutes, I'll, I'll like to speak to you once we get off air. Is that okay? Absolutely, and thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dress of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life that we are meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So, Send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead, get out your calendar and make note of it now so you remember to tune in. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about about the Quartz Crystal Singing Bowl sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks that I'm putting together for the rest of the year. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Baby, baby, do
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.